Finding Purpose, The Song of My Life, Episode 33, Foundation Laid and New Name. Welcome back, everyone. I would like to continue with a similar subject from the last episode titled A Father's Love. There is a blending of this theme that took place in my life, receiving God's love as my father and then that of my own father and my husband as a father. Remember the words of the song, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we be called the children of God. The foundation of my life was built by my parents, and now Thomas and I had a lot to learn in how to build and guide our little family. Speaking of parents and family, we were happy to welcome my mom and sisters to the ranch at the beginning of November. My sisters were 15 and 21, and they were looking forward to seeing their niece. This time, it would be special for my mom to see that we were living in a house now. But the main thing was seeing and cuddling her little granddaughter again. And of course, she brought some baby gifts, a blanket, and cute toys, which I really appreciated. I had also asked her to bring a few things from my room at home. When I was a teenager, my sister and I often went to thrift stores, where I had acquired a nice collection of baskets, pottery, and pictures. I especially appreciated that she brought my portable sewing machine, the one I had made our teepee on. I was used to fixing and changing up clothes, and that is what I had missed most in the past few months. It was another beautiful day in the redwoods of California. I took a few family photos outside, and then Thomas and I showed them around the property. I introduced my sisters to some of our friends, and my mom enjoyed chatting to those she had met on her first visit. I think it must have been pretty interesting for my sisters to see our hippie Christian lifestyle out in the country. It was not at all like their lives in the suburbs. Since my parents' visit back in July, more things in our lives had changed. Thomas's hair was a bit shorter, the teepee was long gone, and then we told them about our daughter's new name. We explained that we had gradually come to the decision to change Nomtani's name. I said that I had started calling her Nomi for short, and then that gave us the idea that it sounded like Naomi. Often people would ask us, where did that name come from, because it was so unusual. We didn't really want to get into talking about our past, though. My mom was quite pleased with a new name. I suppose she also had to explain to her friends where the name of her granddaughter came from. Thomas and I were thankful for the special couple of days we had with my family. It was nice that they had taken the time to make the long drive up from the Bay Area. He promised my mom that he would organize a way to come and visit them for Christmas. As usual, Thomas had been writing letters to his mom and telling her about our little daughter. He wrote that she is happy and jabbers and giggles a lot. He said she is a beauty and a delight to everyone. But then he also wanted to make a clear statement, again, about the astrology issue that kept coming up. Nadia had recently sent us information about Nomtani's astrology chart. He responded by writing that astrology is an abomination to God and is not the truth. He defended our daughter, saying that he wants nothing to do with that because it is all lies. He wrote that she was born under the sign of the Lamb, meaning Jesus, who is the Lamb of God. At the end of October, he wrote about the new development concerning our daughter's hippie name. First, he said, May the joy of the Lord Jesus shine through our pictures and films that I am sending you. 
By the way, I don't know if I have written to you yet that the Lord has laid on our hearts to give our daughter a new name. Her name is now Naomi from the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. Naomi can sit up by herself now and is learning to eat smashed bananas, apples, and pears. She is so cute and a big blessing in our lives. Since you are asking what kind of gift you can send, a little toy would be nice. Did I tell you that I built a crib for her? I have been learning so much as a father, especially patience. We are happy that God has given us such a gift in her. Thank you, Jesus. In his letter, he didn't take the time to explain the reasons that actually led us to the name change. To some people, it might seem like a trivial or uncommon idea. At the time, we weren't even considering if it would be legally possible. We weren't even thinking that she should have a biblical name. It was just that it was a constant reminder of our past. Here is how we came upon the name in the first place. I was five months pregnant when we were living in Hayward. That is when we started to consider moving to the mountains and living in a teepee. This idea came from our mystical camping trip to Zion National Park in Utah. I talked about that in episode nine, A Search for Truth. We were literally living in cloud nine out there in those mountains. My girlfriend's husband and Thomas were smoking grass and taking peyote every evening. They had some far-out experiences under the stars, with Thomas playing his flute to the spirits in the sky. One day, we discovered a possible dwelling place of Indians in a cave area. This became our inspiration for wanting to live like the native dwellers, out in nature in a teepee. When we returned from the trip, Thomas continued with his habit of stealing books, which included songbooks. During this time, he had learned from some guy how to make flutes out of bamboo. This led him to learning flute melodies from different cultures. He would spend hours out in the field or the chicken shed practicing. One day, he happened to notice the name of a song in his South African songbook. When he came into the house, he said, listen to this song. He played the simple, beautiful melody for me and said, look at the title. If we are having a girl, don't you think this would be a perfect name for her? Nomtani, the beautiful maiden on the mountain. We could already imagine her accompanying to the sound of Thomas's flute, running barefoot up the mountain, feeling free as a bird. That vision gave us even more motivation to move away from the city life. We were enthralled with the idea of a dreamy, mystical kind of life, where we hoped to live with other hippies in a utopian type of community. But after all we had been through, we had the rude awakening that such a dream world does not exist. We had come back down to earth, and God was giving us completely different goals and His purpose for our lives. We were learning at Living Waters to let our minds be renewed by the Word of God, mainly through the weekly Bible studies. And those teachings are what made the biggest impact on us in making the decision to change our daughter's name. We didn't want her to be influenced by the mistakes of our old lives and hippie philosophies. We wanted to take her with us as Christians now, give her a new name, and teach her the truth and how to follow Jesus. 
Every week, we were learning God's principles for living that were like building blocks laying a firm foundation. We had gone through the series about marriage, which had helped us a lot, and the next one was about the responsibility that parents have in raising their children. Though many of us at the ranch had varying types of family backgrounds, most of us tended to believe in the hippie philosophy that promotes freedom above all else. Of course, that idea came from the ever-growing movement on childhood psychology that says your child is pure and needs to develop on his own. Let them do what they want and don't try to correct them or change them. I had already been influenced by those ideas from the motherhood books I had read when I was pregnant. So Thomas and I, as young parents, were looking forward to learning what God has to say about children and the family. Tom Peterson started off the Monday study with the image of building your house. He said, Remember how we learned what Jesus said? In order to build a house on a rock, you need to listen to my words and obey them. This is also the only way to build a healthy and strong foundation for your marriage and family. So first we looked at a portion in Psalm 127. Verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Tom talked about how we need the wisdom of God, which is the opposite of our ways and understanding. Therefore, we must heed His instructions if we hope to receive His blessings. And verse 3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Tom pointed out how wonderful it is that God has gifted us with children. This reminds us to take our responsibility towards our children seriously. Actually, when I think of this now, Thomas and his wife were also young and didn't have children yet. Then we read about God's commands to his people in Deuteronomy 6, verse 7 says, You shall teach them diligently, God's commands, to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. This was such a descriptive verse that we took some time to talk about it. We shared our ideas about how we can put these instructions into practice. The first thing we noticed was that it was not written as advice, but as a command from God. So we discussed ideas of how we can teach our children, also depending on their ages. Sitting in your house could mean sitting at the table together or in the living room. And when we walk could mean taking a walk, but also anything that we are doing together. And then it says that when your children go to bed and when they wake up, we should remind them of the Lord. This was becoming clear to all of us that both the father and mother were being required to teach their children. As this Bible study topic continued throughout the week, we got into a lot more specific verses. But before I share those, I would like to give you some perspective that I have as I look back over our lives. Thomas and I were young adults, married early, and became parents when we were 21 and 22. Then our lives were turned upside down, or should I say turned right side up by the grace of God intervening and bringing us to saving faith. 
everything that I have talked about in the past few episodes are experiences and what we were learning from the Bible radically changed the course of our lives. Particularly, these teachings on marriage and raising children were truly building in our hearts and minds a biblical foundation for our future. For those of you who know our story, we had four more daughters in the following years. We were learning, though, in those early years to believe and obey, love and trust God's Word in all areas of our lives. But this subject became the focus of most of my life as I became a mother of five daughters. My days, the months, and years were filled with loving, caring for, teaching, and guiding my children into adulthood. For Thomas and I both, this was our greatest joy above all other responsibilities that we had. That's why I want to take the time here to talk some more about the beauty, the blessing, and the need to know God's Word concerning parenthood. There is nothing of greater importance than the family and how we train our children. When we were young, we couldn't have imagined how our family would grow, and then their future paths, their husbands and their children. Everything we invested in our children was bound to affect the following generations. Realizing that helps me to understand even more the wisdom of God in instructing us to build according to His plan. He knows the future, and because of His love as a Father, He desires most of all that we would live in His blessings under the shelter of His wings. So, getting back to our first study evening on this subject, Tom closed by saying that the next evening would be titled, Training Your Children in the Way That They Should Go. When we left the dome that evening, Thomas and I always enjoyed the walk home in the fresh air surrounded by the redwood forest. This gave us time to contemplate and process everything we were learning. Back in our room at the big house, we started talking about how we could practically implement these things. The idea that we should wait until our daughter is old enough to understand things didn't even occur to us. Since God was the center of our lives now, it was just natural to us that she would be a part of everything. Like that scripture said, we should teach and speak of God all the time in our home and everywhere we go. We realized that in small ways, we were doing that, even though she was just a baby. We sang to her, we prayed for her, we took her everywhere we went. When we were out for a walk, she could hear us talking about Jesus. In the evenings, she could hear Thomas reading the Bible to us. And when we met with our friends for meals, she was there too, enjoying the praise songs and prayer that came before we ate. From that first study, what stood out to us the most was the idea of building a house and how important it is to have a strong foundation. We had never thought of our lives as such. Thomas and I had always just lived from day to day, so we were glad that we would be having more Bible studies on the subject of raising children. In closing today, I decided to continue with this topic in my next episode. Since our Bible studies at Living Waters were at least three times a week, it works better for me to also divide it up. As I said, my greatest love and fulfillment in life was being a mother, which I still am, of course, and now that love extends to my son-in-laws, finally some men in the family, and my many grandchildren. So stay tuned to hear more of the amazing things we were learning as young parents. Take care and bye for now.